0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team every day.
0: You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm so,
2: so hype right now. Anything's possible.
3: Oh my mama. Oh my mama. Anything's possible. Yeah. Rainy days. Jump shot. This the best Celtics podcast day to day I get excited about it like when Tatum play Or Jalen on the breakaway Or Kyrie when he make a trade And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV but So in-depth that after you play it, you gotta re-
0: Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making this part of your daily routine. I am John Corrales here at the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans by myself for the moment, but will be joined later on by Locked On Pelicans host, Jake Madison. And uh, disappointing loss for the Celtics here, 108-89 to the Pelicans, who with the win, are still hanging on in that crazy Western playoff race. Uh, I'm going to give you some sound, post-game sound, from Al Horford and Brad Stevens. Uh, We're going to talk about the Jason Tatum game, which was the lone real bright spot for the Celtics. And yeah, so tough one. Uh, Things were going well early. The Celtics jumped out to a big lead. Uh, They gave a lot of that back in the second quarter. And then the third quarter, things started to fall apart. And they still had a chance. They were still close. The Celtics were down six when early in the fourth quarter, Abdel Nader got uh, fouled in a three-point shot, and then the Pelicans were called for a technical foul. Brad Stevens says he told Abdel Nader to get out there and shoot the, the technical free throw, and he missed all four shots, and then the wheels just came off. Everything fell apart. And the Pelicans just made a run that the Celtics could not recover from. Uh, Some real uncharacteristic uh, lapses in communication for the Celtics tonight defensively. There were a lot of times when they there seemed to be switches that were called that somebody didn't hear or somebody didn't expect and there just signals got crossed time and time again and that led to a lot of open shots the Celtics gave up a ton of just wide open dunks. Things just did not go well. And you look at the points in the paint pelicans outscored the celtics 54 to 36 the celtics gave up 54 points in the paint literally half of the pelicans baskets came uh in the paint and a lot of them uncontested dunks uh, al horford uh did not defend well did not defend anthony davis well uh, there are a couple of times where davis just spun off of him got behind him and it just did not it was not a very good al horford game he struggled a lot in fact Let's get to Al Horford post-game, and you can hear how many times, I'm just going to play the whole thing, how many times he talks about uh, just putting this on himself. He knows he had a bad game, and he addressed that immediately after the game.
3: Now,
2: Anthony Davis, is a tough matchup for anybody, but what was he able to do to <clears throat> um, you know, I just think that he was able to get behind our defense a lot. Um, the post-ups, you know, those were, you know, tough shots, but got behind our defense a lot, and, Um some mistakes on my end, and, um, I mean, you know, you got to give him credit. He, he dominated tonight, and, um, hey, you know, I'll, I'll definitely take the point for that.
0: look at this and say you're missing all these guys, but I'm guessing that you're not going to accept him to be back. I just because
2: to support you guys, better. Right. No, no, I'm, you know, I felt like we started the game playing well. Um, you know, I just think that defensively we had too many breakdowns um, and, uh, and, and the game just kind of got away from us in the second half, um, you know, so uh, there's no excuses. Also, uh, you know, I uh, didn't really give us a chance either, you know, missing a lot of looks um, offensively you know, and I just need to be better. The
3: communication um, on defense is so good in
2: Orlando. Really but, uh, different. Well, this group presented a different challenge. Uh, And I just think that, um, you know, in transition, we were a little off balance. They did a good job pushing the pace. Uh, We weren't getting matched up quick enough. And and then, uh, for whatever reason, um, you know, we had slippage communicating on the defense today. They made us pay. What do you take from the game? Well, you know, I'll definitely look at the film and see how, how you know, I can be better individually, and, um, and, and uh, the thing about the NBA is that you know we got a chance to play on Tuesday, and you know, hopefully I will learn from this game, and uh, I'll be ready to go Tuesday at home. Do you think there is still some rest from the illness? No, no, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, it was, it was a bad game on my end, know, I, I take the blame to that. So, Thank you, Al. Thanks, thanks Al.
0: Now, basically, the lone bright spot for the game was Jason Tatum, who scored 23 points on 9 of 14 shooting. He was aggressive throughout the game. He shot 3 of 5 from 3, so he had the whole game working. Uh, unfortunately, it was not enough, uh, and, and he did most of the damage in the first half. The, uh, it, we talked about the aggressiveness uh, with Brad Stevens, and here's what Brad Stevens had to say afterwards about Jason Tatum. Tatum was more aggressive tonight. Is that something yeah, you Yeah, I
3: thought he was good. Um, you know, we always want him to be aggressive. I don't think that's really changed. I mean, he's had his moments where certainly he's taken less shots in a game when we're all in full. Uh, but most of the time in the latter part of the season, he's been pretty good um, doing that. We want him to be as aggressive as he can, you know, and, and getting to the rim the way he did I thought was great, getting to the foul line, catch and shoot threes three off the pin down early in the third quarter that was great he's doing a lot of good things we're relying on him probably a little bit too much in some ways Um, and we need to probably distribute that a little bit NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season from our local experts to your ears these are the biggest stories on the locked on podcast network
0: So overall, uh, disappointing loss. Let's get to my conversation here with Jake Madison. He's the co-host of the Locked On NBA podcast on Wednesdays with me. The Locked On NBA podcast has gone uh, daily, and I, along with a bunch of the other hosts on the network, I have are taking turns during during the week talking to you about that night's games and what's coming up and the big stories of the day. Jake and I are on the Wednesday show. So Jake and I just had a little conversation about what we saw in tonight's game. And here it is. All right, Jake. So you guys just ran away with this. Uh, pretty safe to say that nobody has any answers for Anthony Davis
1: no I mean look there's a reason the guys in the MVP conversation and in this game tonight you saw him do a little bit of everything that he does well and in particular now Horford said it after the game that Anthony Davis got behind their defense a lot. He was making kind of those baseline cuts, getting through there on the pick and rolls to try and get those easy shots at the rim, and he showed he can do that. And when he's kind of being that effective and that aggressive, which he was tonight, you know, the Pelicans are going to be kind of tough to beat.
0: Yeah, he he had a, a few plays where he, and Al Horford took responsibility for this after the game, but they, he spun off of the... Um, he spun off of Al Horford a bunch and it got a couple of dunks out of it. He he just like you said he and Al said after the game, getting behind that defense, he he really just used his quickness, his athletic ability for a guy that size, especially to get himself free, open looks and catch some some lobs. So that was, uh, but that's Anthony Davis, right? That's going to happen. He's he's
1: it's, it's, he's done this. All year long, we've seen it his whole career. That's kind of what he does. He hits that kind of pick and then just goes. And he's so fast coming off of that. And if you can set a good screen for him, which the Pelicans have been doing lately, and if he can do it too, it's it's you know it's kind of undefendable in a way if no one who can kind of leap like he does.
0: Yeah. So so that's gonna happen. That's you know you you, you play the Pelicans, you get the Anthony Davis game. What bothered me was the the Chek Dialu game where he gets 17 points. And is doing the Wakanda, you know, thing after after he's scoring. So he's out there. Here's a guy who's averaging four four and a half points a game this year. Who's out there flexing on the team and the Celtics. Just a lot of defensive miscommunications that the Pelicans took
1: advantage of. Yeah, Diallo's had kind of an up-and-down year. This guy who played 200 minutes total, something like that, at Kansas in one year there before coming to the NBA, being up-and-down in the G League last year, not getting a ton of run and burn here on an NBA court. But this year, the Falcons have kept him up, and they've been trying to develop him. He does well in certain situations, and this is kind of one of those games. Against non-defensive, bigger, bulkier centers, he can kind of take advantage. Al Horford's not necessarily going to be able to body him up or body anyone up necessarily, Uh, And you've got Greg Monroe out there who's not the best defensively. So this was kind of a recipe for Czech Diallo to have a bit of a big game. I mean, 70 points is more than we were expecting from him. This was good. I do love the Wakanda forever, even though I'm a DC guy. Uh, So hopefully we can somehow turn this into a nickname for him.
0: (laughs) That's what we want as Celtics fans. Guys coming off the bench who aren't normally scorers suddenly earning nicknames against us. Uh, From your perspective, what what did you see? Because I'm looking at everything from, you know, mistakes that the Celtics made. But when – okay, so Abdel Nader with the Celtics down six, misses four straight free throws, and the wheels come off.
1: That was brutal. Yeah. Brutal and – Look, some of that stuff right there was not the best. Like, that's a bit of ball don't lie, in my opinion. Maybe not to the tune of four straight misses, but... You know, touch fouls, things like that, have you. But that kind of swung the game a little bit and all of a sudden put it out of maybe the Celtics' reach. And the Pels really just kind of took advantage in the second half. This was some of the better defense I saw from the team over the past, say, five games or so. They've been top 10 defensively January, February, the beginning of March before hitting the skids a little bit. And you kind of saw them just clamp down, run shooters off their lines. You know, the Celtics shot 40.2%. 34.6% from deep, 9 of 26. You know, that's going to be, sometimes it's just as simple as a make or miss league. And if you can get people off their shots and not hitting things. And the Pels length and Diallo with his arms, AD with his arms, Emeka Okafor being stout at the rim can make that kind of difficult for opponents. So you saw that tonight. Again, you know, when the Celtics are missing this many guys, particularly Kyrie who can finish around the rim as effectively as he does, it's going to be a difficult night. Yes, that to
0: say the least. I mean, the Celtics were in this. They, they came out hot. It looked like things were going pretty well. Jason Tatum had a, a very good, aggressive game. Uh, what, what are your impressions of Tatum tonight?
1: Oh, he's gonna. You can see he's going to be a stud. Uh, I don't think there's any question than that. uh, Other than that, he kind of does everything you want out of a guy. And he looks like he's a dude in the future who might be able to kind of average something like, I don't know, 20. He had what, 23 points tonight. So somewhere around that. And then kind of five, five and five, potentially you're looking from him um maybe on the high end on the defensive side of that but he does really well and he's athletic he can kind of get in there you saw him trying to uh defend Anthony Davis a little bit which good good luck but I like to see kind of the energy and effort from a guy doing that sort of thing so you can see he's going to be pretty good like long term like there's no question about that in in his career in the NBA here uh
0: I thought Miritich was a problem tonight uh the the Celtics just really couldn't handle, uh, especially when you're watching this game from a Pelicans perspective and you see Greg Monroe trying to check somebody, are you
1: just sitting there like drooling like, oh, it's Miritich's turn to score? Well, I mean, this is how Diallo ended up with, you know, 17 points in this game. And Miritich didn't have a good shooting night. He was 4 of 12 from the field, 1 of 5 from deep overall. But you really felt his impact, and it felt much larger than the 16 points that he had. He's active defensively. He had a number of pretty good passes and assists in this game, finished with 3 on the night, but a couple more if you count hockey assists. He's kind of just active out there, and you can kind of see he's making an impact on the game even when his shot isn't falling, and it hasn't been Falling since he's been here with the Pelicans since that trade, but he was impactful, like you said. All of a sudden, you see him matched up on kind of the right man, and it's okay. He's either going to shoot or he's got enough athleticism to drive after this, and we saw it tonight. So this win now puts
0: the Pelicans. Uh, they are, it's so wild in the West
1: because you were, oh, you were, nuts. you were just, weren't you, just the fourth seed, and now. We, something like that. We, we were the three for a little bit, I think at one point, which was yeah. pretty cool.
0: So, okay. Now you basically hang in with this, uh, you're now tied with the Spurs, the jazz and the Timberwolves all at 40 and 30. How crazy is that? So I go ahead. No,
1: The West is nuts and it's going to be brutal and the Pels with three straight games coming up back to back to back, which we haven't seen in a very long time in the NBA rest and things like that is going to be rather important for the Pels to kind of get this victory and be able to just sit Anthony Davis for the final three minutes, Drew Holiday for the final three minutes or so, whatever it was, was really important for this team because rest and these kind of opportunities are not coming up much in yeah, the Yeah, I was
0: wondering what the hell he was still doing out there. for. Like He should have been out sooner, really, honestly. Uh, I felt like he, he kind of they hung on with him a little too long. But I guess in the NBA, they're just afraid now with the threes that that 20-point that lead is going to dwindle real quick. Um, I, you know – I think at the it, once once things got going your way, it became a, you know, Al Horford didn't have a great night, and, and guys started to press a little bit, and that those shots were just all falling short. It's like the Celtics were the ones on the back-to-back. I don't know what happened to them, but um, and I think the Celtics at some point may have just said, you know what, fine, forget it. While the Pelicans are sitting there, like, the reason I brought up the standings is you're fighting for the play- your playoff lives. You're fighting. You're, you're holding on now. If you had lost, you would have been in eighth by yourselves and not tied basically for fifth. So th- I think there might have been some extra motivation. Like once that momentum got going, the Pelicans needed to keep things going, and they, they just kind of felt that juice. And the Celtics, I think, just were like, eh.
1: I, I, I just didn't see any real no. – uh, I get what you're saying. You know, like the Pels were basically like, we really need this one compared to the Celtics. are like, it's it's okay. You guys can kind of have it. And you saw the Pels play their starters deep into that game against Houston on Friday night. Uh, sorry, Saturday night, where, you know, you kind of look at the schedule. You see this back-to-back and then the three games and three nights coming up. And it's maybe you rest your guys a little bit against Houston. You figure you're not going to win that game. The Rockets were leading for most of that. Maybe you don't kind of make a run and try and keep that as close as you can in a game you're likely to lose and rest them so that you can maybe take advantage of this Boston game You know when the Celtics have guys like Kyrie and every single other person on your roster basically out right now. And the Pels are in such a precarious position where there's so little margin for error that they can't even kind of rest guys at the right times particularly with the schedule being as difficult as it is and with as uh, as little rest as it is, that you've got to throw guys out there basically the whole time. Like you said, they were terrified of a 20-point lead kind of getting erased with three-point shooting and kept Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday out there to kind of just make sure that this game was in the ice chest. Yep. So that all resulted in a big-time
0: loss for the Celtics. And uh, Celtics now go home. They play Oklahoma City Tuesday night. Then they are out west, starting on Friday, so a lot of a lot of rest for the Celtics, which you know they hey look, frankly they can use, and so maybe the, you know we'll see what happens with Kyrie, uh, but the Pelicans now again holding on to that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth spot, whatever it is. Uh, next time we will talk will be Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning for our Locked On NBA show. So one of the good things about this is uh, we get to talk a little bit here about our Locked On NBA podcast. So that's fun, man. I, we're still figuring things out. So those of you who listen to both shows, you know, we're, we're trying to catch our groove like everybody else. It's like preseason, new teammates. We're going to figure it out. But I think, I think the shows have been going pretty well.
1: Oh, dude, we're having so much fun on there. Let's be honest. like We have, we, we, we do the right type of prep work so that when John and I, for everyone who's, li- like he said, listens to both, we just jump on there and we kill it, I think. I think they've been pretty good so far.
0: Yeah, I think, I think we're off on the good foot, and we'll, it's only going to get better. So it was really cool to come down here and actually meet you for the first time in person. It's, <laughs> it's the beauty of the internet. We're doing podcasts from all over the country. But it was cool to, to be here. It's my first time at the uh, Smoothie King Center. So, it was fun. I still had fun. Oh, well,
1: that's It's the good thing. I, I mean, the Celtics are in good position. You know, I was actually with a buddy of mine who's from Boston, came to the game with me. And he actually wore a Pelican shirt, and I was thrown off by that. And he kind of, at the end of the day, was like, eh, you know, Boston's good. They're more or less locked into the two seeds. So he was like, I'm going to root for the Pels so that they kind of do well and, you know, kind of get some buzz here in New Orleans. And I understand.
0: Yeah. So, it's cool. And New Orleans, one of my favorite cities. So, all right, man. Cool. And next time we talk, Locked on NBA podcast. So I'll see you then.
1: Absolutely. Everyone, make sure you subscribe to both Locked on Celtics, Locked on Pelicans, and Locked on NBA.
0: All right. And that's it here from the Smoothie King Center. Uh, lots of stuff going on in the background. I don't know how much of it you can hear, but it's, uh, it's a little bit crazy as they clean up from uh, this game. Again, big Pelicans win. The Celtics still holding on to that second seed. That's not going anywhere. So uh, they're, they're going to be comfortable. Again, they've got that big West Coast swing coming up. At some point, Kyrie Irving is going to play. He's not 100%, and Brad Stevens said before the game that Kyrie will not play until he is 100%. So we're just going to have to wait on that. Kyrie was here. He was, you know, he made the trip, and he's, and Brad said that he's able to do all of the things that he needs to do to you know continue rehabbing and getting healthy. So we'll see. Next up, Oklahoma City Tuesday. And then uh, a big West Coast swing, Portland, Sacramento, Phoenix, Utah on tap. So a couple of winnable games, a couple of tough games, that'll be very difficult, especially as Portland and Utah battle for playoff positioning, and every loss, every win for them is a big, big deal, while the Celtics are, you know, they like to start getting a couple of wins strung together so they can go into the playoffs on a high note, but... They are now five games behind the Raptors, but six and a half games up on Cleveland, seven games up on Washington and Indiana. So pretty safely ensconced in that second spot. Uh, but it'd be nice to come back and get a few more wins and, and ice that. Uh, obviously, I don't think Cleveland's going to make a big run. So uh, they're they're pretty safe. But again, it'd be nice to make a, a little bit of a run so we can go into the playoffs on a high note that's it if you are uh, not a subscriber of the show we hope that you do subscribe and go to wherever you find your podcasts on a regular basis and search for Locked On Celtics if you are a subscriber then we hope you give us a five-star rating and a good review let everybody know that they should be listening to us the Locked On Celtics podcast we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network